SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to our number two of a football Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. A football Friday that we put on pause for just a couple of segments before we have a a great couple of guests for you in this second hour. We will go to Western New York to preview the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots game. Then we will go out to the Bay and get some Niners analysis ahead of their showdown against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, a part of Super Wild Card Weekend. But right now to begin our number two, like I said, a brief pause from football as we go across the sports landscape to make you the most engaged sports fan you could possibly be. Let's start around the association in the NBA last night, a marquee matchup in Milwaukee. Inside Pfizer Forum, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Golden State Warriors. But it was the Bucks on the marquee last night, winning big over Golden State, 118-99 at home. This game, honestly, was never close from the very start in the first quarter to the very end. Golden State closed as a one-point underdog. Obviously, they do not even cover that number. Golden State now has lost four of their last five games, and they've only covered once in the last six. Milwaukee had lost four of their last five entering last night's home game but they pick up a big win in the total of 224 and a half because of milwaukee's good defense and an off shooting night out of steph clay and the rest of the warriors that total of 224 and a hook stays under four straight unders for the bucks under in five of their last six golden state also under in four of their last five i highlight the total here because of the trends you can take from it golden state tied for the highest under percentage in all of the association this year 66 0.7% of their games hitting it under. That's tied for the highest under percentage with the Dallas Mavericks. And they fall under, do the dubs, by 7.4 points per game on average. So not only are they getting their totals booked at a relatively lofty number, they're falling under by a pretty good amount on average as well. That is the highest margin falling under in all of the NBA. Milwaukee under in 26 of their 44 games, about 59%. That the seventh highest under percentage in the NBA this year. Giannis, a triple-double last night for the Bucs. Not a great night for Steph Curry, nor Klay Thompson, no Draymond Green last night for the Warriors as well. But a really big win for Milwaukee at home. Once again, 118-99 over Golden State. An offensive explosion last night at altitude for the Denver Nuggets as well. Absolutely stomping the shorthanded Portland Trailblazers, 140 108. Denver scored 72 in the first half, and they really didn't slow down much in the second half to put up 140 points for the win over Portland. Now, the Blazers are shorthanded. We got news just a couple of days ago. Damian Lillard having abdomen surgery. He is out for the foreseeable future, about six to eight weeks. That timetable for his return. CJ McCollum not there for the Blazers as well. You know it's bad when a national television game is trying to highlight the matchup here, and they put Yusuf Nurkic as the guy that is Portland's star. 
That was the case last night against the Denver Nuggets. So the Blazers are going to be shorthanded for some time. They get clubbed last night by the Nugs. Six players for the Denver Nuggets ending in double figures, led by Will Barton with 21 points. Nikola Jokic continues to fill up the stat sheet on a relatively quiet night for the reigning MVP. 20 points, eight boards, seven assists as well. Because the uh, Blazers are so shorthanded, the Nuggets were a double-digit favorite last night as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to the second hour of a Football Friday, now talking basketball, here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. A Football Friday with a small pause for the football to go around the association in the NBA last night. As I was saying, the Nuggets cover as an 11-point favorite in a huge 140-108 win over the Portland Trailblazers. Just the second cover for the Nuggets in their last six games. And Denver, as a favorite this year, has not been great against the spread, just 9-13, and 13, but easily covering last night. Who also has not been great ATS? That would be the Portland Trailblazers. The worst ATS mark in the entire league, 15-26. and 26. And as an underdog, 5-13. and 13, The second worst against the spread record as a dog in the NBA this year. Unfortunately, I think Portland is going to be booked as an underdog for the next couple of weeks, given the fact they have a litany of injury issues they are dealing with. Now, if you do not know about the Memphis Grizzlies, start paying attention to John Morant and the rest of the crew in the grind city. 11 straight wins, and they got to 11 last night with a win, 116-108 over the Minnesota Timberwolves, covering as a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Not only have they won 11 straight, they have covered in eight straight as well. And now, tonight, a great game against the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference. The Grizz right now, 30-14 and 14 straight up. 29 and 15 against the spread, the second best ATS record in the NBA, covering by nearly four points per game. Now, the Mavericks entered Madison Square Garden just a couple of nights back against the Knicks, riding a six game winning streak. They lost to the Knicks that night by 23 points, but they had covered in four straight prior to being a slight road favorite against the Knickerbockers at Madison Square Garden. So, a matchup of two relatively hot teams, but none hotter than the Grizzlies. 11 straight wins. John Morant last night against the Timberwolves, 16 points, nine dimes, eight boards. Now the fifth shortest odds to the most valuable player in the NBA at 30 to one. And we have seen tremendous movement on the Grizzlies in the Western Conference in the last two days. 30 to one on Wednesday, 24 to one yesterday after the result last night in beating the uh, Timberwolves for their 11th straight win. Now 15 to one on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Their odds cut in half in the last 48 hours. College basketball hit the zone up next on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. I'm Ben Stevens. Sure, it is a football Friday, and we get back to the NFL postseason coming up in our next segment. A great breakdown for you, but it's not the only thing, surprisingly, happening this weekend. A great Saturday slate upcoming in college basketball. Conference action in full force as it was last night. The trends that you need to know, and we are going to do that in the zone. 
Quickly, a shout out to EJ Vitez, our wonderful graphics production video. I don't even know how you describe him. I would describe him as God's gift to Sports Grid because he makes the most outstanding animations that you see. We asked him, hey, EJ, can we have something for the zone? It's the college basketball segment we've been doing to start off this CBB season, and we've been pitching to it, and we want to set it up. So can we do this animation? And he does that, and that's a beautiful orchestration of the zone because a 2-3 rotates to a 1-3-1, and you have great trapping principles even in that animation stinger right there. We love it. Now time to give you the information that makes the zone what it is. We start in the Big Ten Conference, a top 20 tilt last night. Number 13, Wisconsin, and number 16, Ohio State in Madison, a rematch of just a couple of weeks ago in which the Buckeyes won by double digits. Last night, it was Wisconsin returning the favor. The Badgers holding on 78-68 at home, covering as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in a huge win over Ohio State. The total yesterday that we gave out for our buy, buy, buy best bet on this show was at 139. It got worked up to 140 and a half, went over either way. The sixth straight over for the Wisconsin Badgers. Let that sink in. Wisconsin, in any sport really, likes to play unders. Points are at a premium, especially Wisconsin basketball. Not this season. Six straight overs, and now in seven contests in which a total has been booked at 135 points or more, Wisconsin has gone over in all seven of those games. Wisconsin has also won six straight, and they have covered in four straight, in seven straight as a single-digit favorite. They have been a favorite in the single digits eight times this year. They did not cover in that first contest. They have covered every other time, seven straight, for the Wisconsin Badgers. And impressively last night at home in Madison, it wasn't even the Johnny Davis show as it has been most of this season, only finishing with 14 points. His teammates picking him up last night in Wisconsin, a big Big Ten victory, 78-68 over Ohio State. The Buckeyes are a very confusing team to figure out. Very up and down at points this year. They have now lost two of their last three games, both of those games as an underdog. And now, two and three against the spread as a dog in those two covers Ohio State has won outright in the three non-covers they haven't really been all that great so Ohio State a team to focus on and we have Big Ten odds back up on the FanDuel Sportsbook let me go check and get these because I did not see them this morning I'm very excited if they are there my eyesight as I have told you is not great so I can't read that board in studio and here they are Illinois at plus 170 as the favorites. Michigan State, $2 behind. The second best price at plus 370. I told you yesterday, Purdue was at plus 480 over the weekend, despite still having the third best odds to win the national championship. Now they're at plus 390 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Great value on the Purdue Boilermakers still. Yes, they have lost two games already to start off the Big Ten slate, but they are a good basketball team that will factor in this title race down the stretch. And Wisconsin has moved tremendously up this board. 19-1 to about two and a half weeks ago, now plus 480 on the FanDuel Sportsbook ahead of Ohio State, who they beat last night, who was plus 950, the fifth best odds. The Big Ten will be competitive here throughout the rest of the college basketball season. Interesting to see Illinois as the favorites. Not a great start for the Illini. They have been fantastic since. Plus 170 and in action tonight in a Big Ten game are the Illini. As we continue to go around the zone and around the country in college basketball, Pac-12 after dark last night, Oregon pulls off the upset in Westwood at Pauley Pavilion, knocking off number three UCLA in overtime 
84-81. The Ducks winning outright as a nine and a half point underdog. The total, of course, in overtime of 141 and a half goes way over. Now, if I mention that Ohio State has been an up and down team this year, Oregon is that to a T. A very confusing team to figure out. And last night, Dana Altman, their head coach, won his 700th career game. Oregon in the preseason was ranked number 13 in the country after another successful March Madness run, returning a ton of talent. This Oregon team was going to be one of the favorites to win the national championship once again. Then they lost half of their first 12 games in some not good losses, like starting off 0-2 in Pac-12 play. Now the Ducks have won four straight. And last night was only their third game as an underdog, but it was their first time covering all year again that confusing nature of Oregon so far but the Ducks having all five starters score in double figures last night led by the Rutgers transfer in Jacob Young 23 points for Dana Altman's starting lineup Johnny Juzang the star for UCLA on the other side 23 points now Oregon as last night also went over has gone over in nine of their last 10 games and UCLA on the other side has not covered in three straight and not in four of their last five and I think the game last night at Pauley and Oregon being the confusing team they are, unranked at the moment and walking into Pauley and getting a great upset victory in overtime over the third-ranked team in the country paints a picture of the last week or so in college basketball. Dating back to last weekend, last Saturday, a little less than a week ago now as we head into the Saturday slate tomorrow, five teams in the AP Top 10 have been upset. We are seeing upsets in a big way now in the conference swing of things in college basketball. Another conference game last night, Gonzaga putting up 110 points in a huge 110-84 win over one of their biggest conference rivals and one of their toughest tests in conference in BYU. 110-84 for the Zags last night. Gonzaga has now scored at least 110 points in their last two games. On Saturday against the WCC foe in Pepperdine, Gonzaga scored 117, and then last night, 110. Gonzaga, the second most efficient offense in all of college basketball, covering as a 15-point favorite last night. And obviously, when one team scores 110 points, the total of 152, which is by all means a relatively high total in college basketball, goes way, way over. Three straight overs for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who have now passed Baylor in Ken Palm's efficiency ratings as the number one team in all of college basketball. Here's how good Gonzaga's offense was last night because BYU scored 84 points. BYU averaged more than one point per possession, 1.08 to be in fact. That's a good mark. That is a good metric for how prolific your offense was, and Gonzaga still wins and covers a 15-point spread. Mark Few's offense on one last night, as was Drew Timmy, 30 points for the Zags, a perfect 13 of 13 on his two-point field goals last night. Andrew Nemhard orchestrating that offense, 22 points, 12 assists, a double-double for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. No real movement in the national championship odds this morning. Gonzaga still the favorites at plus 650. Duke, the second-best odds at 9 to 1. Purdue and Baylor behind the Blue Devils, tied for the third-best odds at 10 to 1. I want to check quickly here because some of these conference odds are starting to come back up and starting to update. No Pac-12 odds yet, though. Dang it. Anyway, looking at the national championship odds once again, you will see a couple of the teams that we've mentioned. And there has been a little bit of movement in UCLA's number 
based on last night. UCLA moving from 18 to 1 earlier in the day to 22 to 1 after the loss, the overtime victory for the Oregon Ducks by three points in Pauley Pavilion last night. Arizona was tested by Colorado 18 to 1 in the national championship market as things stand. In a couple of games that we will highlight later on in this show for this weekend and the Saturday slate. We are getting to the point of college basketball season where tomorrow you wake up, great conference games across the entire board, across the entire slate. In fact, one game so good that Jack Weinberger had to give you a cap for it. Yeah, that's right. His handicaps do not stop in college football. We use that expertise, if you want to call it that, for college basketball as well. We go to Western New York up next here on The Morning After. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Super Wild Card Weekend begins tomorrow across the National Football League. A Saturday doubleheader, and we break that down on a Football Friday. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid Network, I am Ben Stevens. The nightcap of the Saturday doubleheader out in Western New York, Buffalo, New York, for two AFC East foes. The Buffalo Bills, a four-point favorite against the New England Patriots. To help us preview that game, we are very pleased to welcome on Dan Fates, a sports reporter for WHAM in Rochester, not too far away from Buffalo in the Empire State, to preview the Bills and the Patriots. Third time's a charm, Dan. We are very glad to have you here making your debut on the morning after. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's going to be a ton of fun tomorrow night, Dan, in Buffalo. Of course, we all remember... The first meeting in Buffalo, a little more than a month ago, on a Monday night, a cold and blustery night. The Patriots ran the ball 46 times. They threw it just three times with their rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. What do you expect tomorrow night's game to look like between Buffalo and New England? Yeah, Ben, I was on the sidelines of that Monday night game in Orchard Park, and it was windy. It, I mean, it was crazy. It was one of those wild games that you just won't forget. But I expect that this will be a similar matchup in the sense that Bill Belichick is not going to put the ball or the game in Mac Jones's hands. And that's why I think Buffalo has the advantage. They just straight up had the better quarterback. And when we're talking about playoff games, it ultimately comes down to quarterback play. So this is going to come down to a game that is going to be played at about zero degrees is the high they're expecting in Orchard Park. So yesterday I spent about $30 on hand warmers and toe warmers to keep myself warm on the sidelines. But it has been talked about all week about how it's, more difficult to tackle, how it hurts more when you get hit. Josh Allen says it's more exhausting to get up from it. So this is going to be a grown man's game. Look, mm -hmm. I still think that the wind isn't supposed to be bad, so I still think the Bills will be able to pass the ball, but I just don't see the Patriots doing that. I think they're going to try and make this another 1940s-style football game like they did on Monday night. See, the thing is, people don't really think about the toe warmers as much. Hand warmers, yeah. Toe warmers are huge, and that's the expertise that Dan Fates brings here to the morning after. So, Dan, as you look at the numbers for tomorrow night, Buffalo a four-point favorite right now. The over-under is the smallest of the entire weekend at just 44 points. How do you expect the game flow to look tomorrow as we approach this matchup on Saturday night? 
Well, it's real tricky because I think it decides early on what kind of a game you're going to see. Because the first game we saw a very conservative game from both teams, both head coaches in those tough conditions like we talked about. But the second time they played, Sean McDermott and the Bills offense was aggressive. Remember the opening drive? They went 12 plays, 75 yards, and went for it on fourth and goal from the two. That set the message that the Bills were going to be aggressive. Look, they have the better offense. Third-rated scoring offense in the league. So if the Bills get up to an early lead, it makes the Patriots play catch-up. But the problem is, especially with that total, as, as we talked about, it's the lowest of the week. I don't see a ton of possessions going back and forth. I don't think this game goes this up and down style of game because both teams want to control the ball. The Patriots want to try and keep Josh Allen off the field. So I see this game going under just because I think the Patriots really try and sit on the ball and really try and control the game like they did last time. The fact was the Bills didn't punt the the, the time they played in Foxborough and they won. Dan, after that first game, there was a lot of discussion with the Bills' defense about the idea of physicality in that run game when the Patriots ran it 46 times. I'm sure that's been a topic of conversation at practice this week in the lead-up to this wild-card matchup. What has the Bills' defense have to say about the level of physicality they plan to bring tomorrow night? Well, all season long, the Bills have had struggles stopping the run actually it goes back to the last few years they have had trouble stopping the run and we remember the game against the Colts where uh Jonathan Taylor just went wild for him and then you had the game obviously you're talking about with New England and the players have told us that that's not us that that's not how we play but at some point talk is cheap and you kind of actually have to back up the talk and recently over the last three to four games the Bills defense has been playing really well specifically at stopping the run now they haven't played the caliber of rushing attacks that they've had to face uh, like, they, like they'll have to face on Saturday night. But look, this is just going to be a grown man's game, as I've said. So this is going to be when the Bills lost on Monday night, they missed nine tackles. That's the most they've missed all season. So we can talk about all these X's and O's, and we can talk about gap integrity, and we can break down the all 22, Ben. It really comes down to just tackling another guy when he comes running at you. And that just gets a whole lot tougher. But for the most part, this Bills defense is ranked number one in the fewest yards allowed and fewest points allowed per game this season. They are the number one ranked defense. And Ben, to your point, they just don't seem to get any credit. We talked to them after the game where they beat the Jets last week, and they all seemed shocked when we told them that they were the number one rated defense. They all went, us, Buffalo. No, nobody thinks we have the best defense. So, so they're the number one rated defense, Ben, and they come into this game still with a chip on their shoulder, which is very rare to have. It is very rare to have both of those things working in congruence with each other. And Dan, when you look at the other side for Buffalo, a number that stands out to me in the prop market is the rushing yards total for Josh Allen. Of course, utilizes his legs at all times, but it's 44 and a half for a quarterback in a playoff game. How important do you think Josh Allen's legs will be to the offensive game plan tomorrow for the Bills? Well, it's massive. It, it, and also, Ben, what, what Josh Allen running does it settles him down early in games. He has said it. He's kind, he's kind of that guy that when he gets hit once or twice and you're like, oh, no, that settles Josh down. He's a guy that admits that he gets too hyped up. His pregame playlist is like Elvis Presley and, and like old school music to try and calm him down. So I expect early on in some games, we saw it a couple of years ago in Houston, to get Josh Allen out on power sweeps and to get him running. Because once he gets hit once or twice, he kind of settles down. And it makes the defense have to respect another thing. If he can keep those linebackers at bay, then all of a sudden Dawson Knox gets opened up a little more. Things get more in control. But 
the fact of Josh Allen running is just a massive part, not only for the Bills offense, but it's to settle Josh down. He did it in Kansas City early on. That just seems to calm Josh's nerves. So especially early on, I like the overprop because it's just such a huge weapon for Josh Allen in this Bills offense. Yeah, you don't think about it often. And when you see 44 and a half for a quarterback, it does stand out. But that is part of Josh Allen's game. It's what makes him such a dynamic quarterback. And Dan, when you look at the anytime touchdown score prop, what stands out to me is four of the five, if you include the legs of Josh Allen, are running backs on both sides. Devin Singletary, the shortest price at plus 105. Mm -hmm. Damian Harris, who has scored for four touchdowns against the Bills this year in two games at plus 115. Ramondre Stevenson, then Stephon Diggs, and then Josh Allen. So the focus will be on the ground game. Is that what you think will be the focus for tomorrow night? Absolutely, especially from New England side. Look, Mac Jones is the worst quarterback in the postseason, and I just don't see Bill Belichick putting the the likelihood of this game into a rookie a rookie's hands, especially in this cold of conditions. We saw what he did in Monday night. We keep going back to it. He threw three passes, and everybody went, wow, Bill Belichick. Sinzu, he's got the art of war figured out. Ben, if the Bills would have won that game on a last-minute drive, that first time they played, we would have all be sitting here going, Bill Belichick's an idiot. He only threw the ball three <laughs> times and they lost. He didn't even trust his first-round quarterback to throw the ball five times. That is what this game is going to come down to, the Bills to stop the run. But we saw it too last time. When they get in the red zone, they don't want Mac to make mistakes. They have a massive offensive line. It is what they are built to do. They are built to push large human beings around and have guys run behind them. I really like both of those props, actually, for both New England uh, running backs because I think they both get in the end zone, as well as Devin Singletary has become this emergence over the last three to four weeks of having a nose for the goal line so it's it, this game is going to be decided especially for new england they, they're going to want to get an early lead and run the ball and protect mac jones for the bills it's get out in front and try and let try and make mac jones beat you you know that bill belichick and josh mcdaniels with a little help from ernie adams as well are going to try to orchestrate an offensive game plan at least slightly similar to what we saw in that first matchup between the bills and the pats back in early December if they are going to have success tomorrow now in the postseason. So, Dan, let's look after this game potentially, or at least the outlook in the postseason for the Buffalo Bills. The third shortest odds to win the AFC Championship. They had been a favorite for most of the year as well. Where do you see Buffalo at this moment entering the NFL playoffs? I think they're playing their best football of the year, and, and that's a weird thing to say for a team that has had a lot of highs and lows. This team now has gone to the postseason three straight times. They've gone four times in Sean McDermott's five years in Buffalo. But this is a team that last year, when they were 13-3, and three, everything was so easy for them, Ben. It was smooth sailing. Josh Allen emerged as this MVP caliber quarterback, and they didn't really have any bad losses. They lost twice. Two of their four losses last year were to Kansas City, where you can go, Okay, they lost to Kansas City. This year has been the exact opposite. It has been a grind. It's been bad losses. They lost three out of four going back to that Monday night loss the first time these two teams played. Then they lost in Jacksonville to Urban Meyer. Like, that is how Ugh. crazy this season has been. But they've been able to be resilient. And this team says that because of the challenges, because of the highs and lows they've been through, this team feels more prepared than ever to go through a postseason run and they're playing their best football right now. I know it was the Jets and the Falcons. They didn't necessarily blow them out. But, Ben, this is like the NCAA tournament right now. It's just win and move on. This isn't about pretty wins. This isn't about statement wins. Just win and get to next weekend. 
That's certainly what it is about right now. Not even really covering numbers, although Buffalo, a four-point favorite tomorrow night against the New England Patriots. Dan Fates, a sports reporter with WHAM in Rochester, New York, will be on the sidelines tomorrow for the Bills and the Pats with plenty of hand warmers and toe warmers as well. That's an expert, and we got that expertise here on the morning after. Dan, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. I appreciate it, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It was a great time looking at one of these starts of Super Wild Card Weekend in the AFC. We go to the NFC side of things next. The only matchup this weekend the two teams haven't played yet this year. Stay with us on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A football Friday here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. Looking now to the NFC side of things to begin Super Wild Card Weekend across the National Football League. Playoffs in the NFL. Tomorrow, a Saturday doubleheader. Both teams out of the AFC, or both games featuring four teams out of the AFC. The NFC gets underway on Sunday. The first game up, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The next game, the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Quickly focusing on that game between the Niners and the Cowboys. It is the only game of the six we have all weekend long. The two on Saturday, the three on Sunday, and the one to cap things off on Monday Night Football. The Niners and the Cowboys are the only matchup that does not feature two teams that have already played at least once earlier this season. A three-point spread, a short number between two teams at least that do not know each other in actual game flow as of yet. The over-under is at 51 points. It is the highest total of the entire weekend. So as we look at this game, some things to break down from the trend perspective you need to know. The Dallas Cowboys, a three-point favorite here, have been favored in 13 of their 17 games this season. They are 10-3 against the number. The San Francisco 49ers have only been an underdog three times all three games against divisional opponents once against the Arizona Cardinals and twice against the Los Angeles Rams the Niners are two and one ATS and two and one straight up in those three games booked as an underdog this year both wins and covers coming against the Los Angeles Rams including that regular season finale that pushed San Francisco into the postseason the Dallas Cowboys overall own the best ATS record in all of the NFL 13 and 4 against the number and you might be thinking to yourself well yeah they should they played in the NFC East but when you're the favorite side to cover a number even against bad divisional opponents is something you should still be complimented for so 13 and 4 ATS a very profitable margin on the Dallas Cowboys this year covering by nearly 16 point or 16 excuse me six points per game on average so the Cowboys a three-point favorite and then the Niners and the Cowboys also being booked with an over-under at 51 now as you look at the juice here not all that much minus 108 to the over minus 112 to the under of that total at 51 points it is up by a hook from an opening number of 50 
and a half. The interesting thing here, we talked about in the opening hour of the morning after on this football Friday. For me, this is my favorite total of the weekend. I'm not thinking, oh yeah, let that total get up, up and up and let me see some points on Sunday afternoon into the early evening. I think it is too lofty, frankly, at 51 for an over-under and I lean the under. The reason being is because outside of the over that San Francisco played last week in overtime, against the LA Rams, four straight unders for SF heading in to that regular season finale. The defense has picked up. The ground game under Kyle Shanahan is fantastic, and they have been focusing on that for a little bit of the rest of this regular season. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys, two of their last three games over. They scored 50 or more points in each of those two games. 56, three weekends ago against the Washington football team, 51 last Saturday night on the road in Philadelphia against the Eagles, an Eagles lineup that was using a ton of their reserves as the game didn't mean much to them in terms of postseason positioning. And the Cowboys have the top-scoring offense in the NFL. I'm not taking anything away from the offensive system run by Kellen Moore. It's one of the reasons that the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, is one of the hottest names you will hear in this newest coaching cycle for all the vacancies around the NFL. Dak seems like he is playing better. The weapons that he has at his disposal seem as they are getting relatively healthier both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard should factor in to the offensive lineup for the Cowboys this weekend but if you look at the other four games of the final six that Dallas played to end out the regular season two of them went over in which the Cowboys scored 50 or more points four the other four going under so far to end out the regular season and in those games the Cowboys only scored in the 20s if they score in the 20s here and this game is as competitive as that three-point spread indicates I think we have a good chance of staying under a lofty total of 51 I don't think this is going to be like a 17-13 game I'm not saying that is the style we will see on Sunday in Dallas but if it's 24-20 or 28 maybe not 28 because that might push us soon over but if it's 28-21 we still stay under that total of 51 points also let's go to the props for this game a little bit here as well the passing yards props interesting Dak Prescott obviously a higher number than Jimmy Garoppolo 274 and a half for Dak right now Jimmy G at 248 in a hook the focus last week for the regular season finale obviously for the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers was that right thumb and on that throwing ham of Jimmy Garoppolo performed pretty well coming back from down 17 points late in the first half and 17 to 3 at the break in the second to get the Niners into the postseason and you look at the player pass attempts here also a pretty stark difference Dak his passing attempts prop at 36 and a half Jimmy G five less than that at 31 and a half so let's go to Debo Samuel who is Mr. Do-It-All for the San Francisco 49ers his receiving yards prop up by four yards in the last 24 hours from 60 and a half when I checked late last night now to 64 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook but that's not all for Debo Samuel he also has a pretty substantial rushing yards prop at 28 and a half which would mean that if you put the rushing plus receiving yards prop together it's at 96 and a half for Debo Samuel that's how much of an impact he has on this 49ers offense doing it in a variety of ways for Kyle Shanahan and company there in San Francisco and of course Debo Samuel also threw a touchdown last week 
in the regular season finale against the LA Rams. So that's the game between the Niners and the Cowboys. A three-point spread right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook in favor of the home team tomorrow in Dallas. The highest total of the weekend in over-under of 51 points. So as we look at the NFC, a couple of interesting things here as we approached the hunt for the race to the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. A game we have yet to touch on that we will dive into in just a little bit more. And of course, it's not till Monday, so we have a show on Monday where we will break this game down even further. The Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams, a three and a half point favorite, and the line is working even more in Arizona's favor from four and a half to three and a half. I believe we have a guest joining a guest joining us here on the morning after. Akash, I, Akash, I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher your last name. I will let you. I wanted you to hopefully be here earlier so I could ask for your pronunciation. But you cover the Niners for Niners Nation. We thank you for joining us here out from the West Coast early on this Friday morning. How are you doing? Thanks for joining us here on the morning after. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, happy Friday. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well, Akash. Looking forward to a great Game on Sunday afternoon between the Niners and the Cowboys. As we were detailing right there, the Niners, a slight three-point underdog, the over-under, the highest of the weekend at 51 points. So, Akash, these are the only teams that have not met in the postseason at least once in the regular season. What can we expect from the first meeting this year between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers? It is going to be a fantastic matchup two of the three biggest brands in the NFL, uh, two teams that um, are both, you know, both have star power on both sides of the ball. You look at the 49ers offense, obviously they come into the game um, as healthy as they've been all season, and they feature one of the most explosive um, offenses in the NFL, led by Kyle Shanahan. Um, and then you flip the side to, you know, the Cowboys, who defensively, with their pass rush this season, um, have been equally as effective uh, with defense, likely defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory along that defensive line. Um, they have the league leader in interceptions with Trevon Diggs in the back end. So there's a lot of star power on both sides, and I would expect a lot of fireworks. This is the marquee game in that you know 4.30 p.m. Eastern slot on Sunday on CBS, and I think it's just going to be a fantastic game. So, Akash, we were looking at some of the passing yards props for Sunday between Dak Prescott and, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo. The focus last week for the regular season finale was that right thumb on the throwing hand of Jimmy G. What's the latest update there on the quarterback for San Francisco? Jimmy Garoppolo practiced in full for the first time in over two weeks. Ever since he suffered that thumb injury versus the Tennessee Titans, he should be a full go. Last week against the Rams, um, if you if you watched, that thumb clearly wasn't um, really interfering with his throwing motion. Um, if you saw him, him just pass the ball last week, it looked normal. He was able to make different types of throws across, you know, different parts of the field. So I'd, I'd expect that thumb to be in the same condition going in this week. Um, though the advantage I would say for the 49ers on offense is actually on the ground. Uh, the Cowboys rushing mm -hmm. defense, I think is ranked 16th in DVOA. Um, their corners, especially Diggs, Jordan Lewis, um, Anthony Brown, I would say, uh, aren't your best tackling corners in the league. So I'd expect Kyle Shanahan in this offense um, to try to, you know, move the ball through the ground. So you, you'd want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo's 
uh, passing attempts on the lower side, especially with this pass rush, like I mentioned earlier, um, you want to keep you know them on their heels and not let those pass rushers tee off against you. So I'd expect Garoppolo's passing attempts to be lower um, than the the average game. Akash Anavarathan joining us here on the morning after on this Friday, detailing the Niners and the Cowboys Super Wild Card Weekend on Sunday. He covers the San Francisco 49ers for Niners Nation, the SB Nation blog, covering all things Niners. So, Akash, you just mentioned it. The ground game is going to be the focus more so for San Francisco. On the other side, defensively looking at that potent Cowboys offense, how do you expect SF to try to slow down what Dallas brings offensively? Absolutely. I think the the biggest issue for the, the 49ers defense is going to be the same thing that's plagued them all season long, which is covering the back end. Their their secondary just has not been uh, as effective this season ever since Jason Verrett went down early in the season. Emmanuel Mosley, the other corner, has been banged up uh, late in the season. So they've had to rotate through guys like Josh Norman, Drake Kirkpatrick, and some rookies on the other side. So I would say that's the biggest area of concern. Uh, they're 30th in DVOA, uh, defending passes over 20 air yards. On the flip side, the Cowboys offense uh, has 63 completions of 20-plus air yards, which is fourth in the NFL. So I'd say that's the area where the Cowboys offense will look at attack, especially with C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper uh, threatening you down the field. I know Michael Gallup's out, so you know that he was the Cowboys' vertical threat, and he won't be playing. But um, there's still enough weapons on this offense that – uh, the Cowboys are going to try to threaten the, the 49ers uh, vertically. 49ers rushing defense is second in DVOA. Uh, they've been fantastic along the interior of that defensive line um, throughout, you know, especially in the second half of the season with guys like TJ Jones and Eric Armstead stepping up. So I'd expect the Cowboys rushing attack uh, to be slowed down uh, with Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. But uh, if they're going to be successful, it's going to be in the vertical passing game. All right, Akash, only 30 seconds left here. Quickly, your prediction for Sunday. Can the Niners cover and maybe even pull up the upset victory outright? I'd feel pretty good about taking the 49ers outright. I think this is a fantastic matchup for them. I think it's a bad matchup for Dallas. I think the 49ers' physical style of football is going to overpower the Cowboys. I will pick the, Cow- I will pick the 49ers to win 27-21. Ooh, I like it. And that's an under. Akash Anavarathan covering the Niners for Niners Nation. Thank you for joining us here on a Football Friday. More next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our number two of an NFL postseason football Friday here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Now it's a football Friday for sure, but tomorrow on a Saturday, a great slate in college hoops. Plenty of top 25 teams in action now that conference season has picked up all across the country we might see some upsets we might see some underdogs covering a number and just because college football season has come to an end you might be thinking oh we're gonna miss our jack weinberger handicaps of the week nobody caps college football games 
quite like Jack. And Jack, of course, our former intern here on the morning after, now an associate producer with us here on TMA. But it doesn't stop with college football season because often throughout the week, I'll get texts from Jack that say, hey, I got a great play for you tonight. Oh, love this team. Hammer them. Covering a number. No doubt about it. So the Jack Weinberger cap and the Jack cap of the week continues now into college basketball season to set the stage for a marquee Saturday slate. Now, the interesting thing about basketball in general, especially in the college ranks, you're not going to have lines set until later in the day on a Friday ahead of the games on Saturday. Maybe even some not coming out until Saturday morning. But we mentioned Ken Palm often on this show, and Ken Palm predicts scores which often look like spread. So here is the cap for Ole Miss and Auburn this weekend out of Jack. Yesterday morning, he woke up, made himself a glass of green tea. Obviously, had to add honey to it because without honey, it just tastes like trash. So honey, as we all know, is made by honeybees. And without them, he wouldn't be able to put honey into his tea. What a travesty that would be. Save the bees. It turns out the state insect of the state of Mississippi is the honeybee. For that reason, give Jack Ole Miss plus 10, a double-digit dog, against Auburn on Saturday. Number four, Auburn and Ole Miss. Jack likes the dog and the running revs because honey in his green tea. Nobody caps like Jack Weinberger. More of the morning after and a very happy hour is up next here on The Grid.